presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth possessed of physical powers far beyond those of ordinary humans, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and oppression, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. As you remember, Lois Lane and Kent, assigned to cover the arrival of a specially built armored car bearing $5 million in gold, ran into a baffling mystery when it was discovered that the car had disappeared, apparently vanished into thin air before it reached Metropolis. When Kent, playing a hunch, discovered that a bank employee had engineered the scheme with a character known only as the boss, a plot was laid to get rid of Clark and Lois. The boss arranged for something to happen to the two reporters within ten seconds after they left the restaurant in which he learned they were eating. We join them now. Kent and Lois, unaware of the danger that threatens them, are about to walk out of the restaurant. And remember, whatever is to happen to them will happen in ten seconds. Ten seconds from now. Listen. It'd be good to walk on a brisk night like this. Yeah. You know, Clark, the more I think about that freight car vanishing along with $5 million in gold, well, the more confused I become. Confused is hardly the word. How a specially armored car with a crew of men inside it could possibly disappear without a truck. Look out! That truck going! Quick, look out! Holy God! You all right, Lois? Fortune must have been keeping an eye on us, Lois. 
The minute we entered Sorrento's restaurant, he relayed word of our presence there to someone else. Yes, but who? Well, that I can't tell yet. When we do find out who it was, we'll have the solution to this whole mystery. But, Clark, why didn't you tell that cop back there that the steering wheel was all right? Why didn't you have the truck driver arrested? Oh, it wouldn't have done any good. The truck driver is merely a tool, and I don't think he'd talk. Now, Fortune... What about Fortune? Well, Fortune is our answer to this entire problem, Ross. I think you'll agree that he must be mixed up in this mess somewhere. There's no doubt of it. All right, then. The thing to do is get hold of Fortune and force him to talk. He can lead us to the real head, the real brain behind this mystery. Well, I'll bet anything that once we get Fortune to talk, we'll find the answers to how that freight car disappeared, where it disappeared, and where the five million dollars is now located. Sounds reasonable enough. Now, how do we get hold of Fortune? Well, only through the bank, I'm afraid. And that's closed now. We'll have to wait till tomorrow morning. And then what? Then we'll pay a call on Mr. Van Doren, president of the bank, explain to him our suspicions about Fortune, and then put Fortune on the pan. And you think you can make Mr. Fortune talk? No, but I imagine Mr. Van Doren can. I knew it couldn't be true. True? What are you talking about, Lois? I thought for a moment you were beginning to develop some backbone. Sorry, my mistake. A few hours later, in the hideout of the boss, matters begin to take another turn. Listen. Uh, this is Lesley, boss. Can you hear me? Yes, Lesley. Did you get the truck driver? Yes, I got him all right. The boys have him outside. Tell them to bring him in. Okay. Bring him in, boys. Okay. Honest. Honest, it wasn't my fault. I did my best, but that guy Clark Kent told me. Come Shut up. Me. Shut up. All right, boss. You. You who drove the truck. Your name is Michael, is it not? Oh, that's right, boss. Honest, it wasn't my fault, boss. Let's be here. Tell me exactly what you want to do tonight. Please. Uh, must forgive me, Michael, but I am not interested in excuses. The men who work for me must be thoroughly efficient. When I give an order, I must be able to feel that that order will be carried out to the letter. I uh, can no longer depend on you, Michael, and so uh, we must leave our happy little family. You fire me? Yes, Michael, you're fired. I know what that means. It don't just mean I can walk through that door and I'm through it. Means when I leave here, your men will follow me. This being a criminal of other guys, and when I get far enough away from here, they'll... Ah, the man babbles. Take him away. You can't do this to me, do you hear? It ain't gonna happen to me what happened to them other guys you fired. Come on, pal. Hey, them guys on the other side of It's all right, boss. The boys will take care of them. Good. Mister, the failure of that truck driver to complete his job puts us in a far more difficult spot than we were in before. Hmm? Clark Kent may have had suspicions before, but he'll be sure now. Kent now knows definitely that Fortune is implicated in the vanishing of that freight train. Well, then it looks like we've got to get rid of Kent and do a good job this time. No, that isn't quite necessary. Well, well, what do you mean, boss? If we don't get rid of Kent, he's liable to make trouble. Possibly. However, there's one other way of accomplishing our design, and it's this. Suppose instead of getting rid of Van Doren will see you in a moment. Oh, thank you, sir. Well, the more I think of it, the more I wonder if we're doing the right thing. What do you mean, Lois? Well, I'm beginning to wonder if we're right about Mr. Fortune. Somehow, he doesn't seem like the sort of person who... Lois, I don't suspect Fortune only because I know he was following us last night. There's that business of the emerald I found, the emerald he dropped from his ring. Well, what's wrong with that? One's likely to lose the stone out of the ring, and there's nothing unusual in your picking it up in the railroad terminal. Well... 
Where did you pick it up in the terminal? Why, I, uh... Better come clean, Mr. Kent. Where did you find that emerald? Well, to be frank about it, Lois, I found it lying near the railroad tracks between here and Bolton, about five miles out of town. Five miles out of town? Uh-huh. What were you doing out there, and how'd you get out there? Uh, I, I borrowed a hand car. You know, one of those cars workmen use to inspect the tracks. You sure of that? Of course I'm sure. Why? I don't know. Sometimes I get a funny feeling that... Well, well if you're not telling me everything... Oh, well, never mind. Why didn't you say you found the emerald on the track five miles out of town? I didn't want to arouse fortune suspicions. It looks as if I did. Uh, will you come in, please, now? Oh, thank you. Lois? Thank you, Clark. Come in, Miss Lane, Mr. Kent. Good morning. Sit down, won't you? Thanks. I suppose you're interested in finding out for your paper whether or not we've made any progress in locating the missing freight car. Progress has been made, Mr. Van Doren, or at least we think it has. Really? Well, Mr. Van Doren, we're inclined to think your secretary, Mr. Fortune, has had something to do with the disappearance of that freight car. My secretary, Mr. Fortune, are you out of your mind, young man? I don't think so, sir. Do you remember that emerald I returned to Mr. Fortune yesterday? Of course I remember. Well, I didn't find that emerald in the railroad terminal, as I said. I really found it on the tracks between here and Bolton. Oh, what of it? Wait a minute. I think I begin to see what you're driving at. Another thing. Mr. Fortune followed Miss Lane and me to a restaurant last night. When we left the restaurant, we narrowly escaped being killed by a truck. It wasn't an accident. We're sure it was an attempt on our lives. Well, by all that... Young man, you may be right. It certainly appears that Fortune had some knowledge of what's been going on. In any case, we'll question him. He's in the next office. I'll get him. George, I'd known about this before. Uh, uh, Fortune, come out here at once, please. Fortune. Anything wrong, sir? Possible. No, he was in this office. I saw him come in, but he's certainly not here now. Maybe he stepped out for a minute. He couldn't have stepped out without my seeing him. The only door to this room leads into my office. The window. The only way he'd get out is by going through my office. You sure? Well, look at the office yourself. Mr. Van Doren's right, Carl. Fortune's office doesn't have a window, and there's no way out except through Mr. Van Doren's own office. But if he didn't come through your office, and he couldn't get out any other way... Don't tell me he's vanished like the freight car. We will need a superman to solve this thing now. That's what I was thinking. This is... Oh, it's fantastic. First, my freight car carrying $5 million in gold vanishes into thin air, and now my secretary does the same thing. Oh, you must be mistaken, Mr. Van Doren. Fortune couldn't have been... I tell you, he was there. He couldn't have left without my seeing him. Did you leave your office any time? I haven't left this office once. Well, then I certainly don't see... Well, who? Oh, it's you, Miss Bailey. Well, what do you want? Miss Bailey, what's happened? Why do you look at me so... so strange? Can't you, somebody? She's going to faint. Oh, I got her. Paint it all right. Well, things certainly are beginning to happen around here. Yes, they certainly are. What is the solution to the strange disappearance of Mr. Fortune? How could he possibly have gotten out of that room without Van Doren seeing him? And what about the vanished freight car? Have you solved that mystery? And say, what could have happened to make Miss Bailey faint just as she reached Van Doren's office? Be sure to listen to the next episode of the Thrill Pack Story with Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt, and this is a podcast where we talk about an episode of the Superman Radio Show. This one originally aired November 29th, 1940, and has been called The $5 Million Gold Heist, Part 3. As we began this episode, Clark and Lois were getting along really well, leaving Sorrento's restaurant, declined taking a cab, they were going to walk and go see a movie, and... As they're on their way, a truck comes screaming towards them, and Clark ends up pulling Lois away in the nick of time, saving her life. This time is Clark. So this truck had smashed into a store window, and an Irish cop comes to the scene and asks to see his license and registration, and the guy's saying he can explain everything, and... We find out his name is Michael when asked to see his identification. And uh, he's saying that uh, his steering shaft broke. And Clark said, why didn't you apply your brakes? And he said he probably could have done that. He just, in the excitement, he didn't think of it. And so he's given a summons or while well, the officer's talking to Michael. Clark crawls around in the truck, and the officer doesn't take kindly to that and tells him to get out of there because, you know, the law will take care of it. And um, so Clark does leave, and the officer gives Michael summons to appear in court. And we find out that after that is blown over and uh, Clark and Lois are talking, Lois tells Clark she, that he's stronger than she suspected and that his grip felt like steel. And Clark tells her she's just imagining that in the excitement of the moment. And what I would like to know, though, is if later, when Lois looks at herself in the mirror or if she feels pain in her arms and sees bruises, hand-shaped bruises. Anyway, uh, Clark tells her that the steering gear was all right, and Lois asks, well, if the steering gear was all right, why didn't you tell the officer and uh, could have been arrested? But Clark goes on to say that the truck driver is just a tool, and he doesn't think he'd talk. But Fortune, and he tells her how he spied Fortune in Sorrento's restaurant, and he made a call and, uh, talking to some mysterious boss, and that he thinks Fortune's the key. He didn't tell Lois about any of that, because he didn't want her to be worried, but uh, he really suspects Fortune, and if, if he can lead them to the real head, the real brain behind this mystery, get Fortune to talk, and he thinks they can find out how the $5 million freight car disappeared, where it disappeared, and where the $5 million is located now. And he's saying, the bank's closed, but if we go tomorrow and talk to Mr. Van Doren, that's Reginald Van Doren, Tell them their suspicions. They could put fortune on the pan. And Lois is saying, you think you can get fortune to talk? And Clark mentions he doesn't think he can, but he thinks Reginald Van Doren can. 
And then that's when Lois returns to form and tells Clark she thought for a moment he was beginning to develop some backbone. Sorry, my mistake. So... And then uh, we had a scene where Lisby retrieves Michael, the truck driver, and tells him he's fired because his instructions weren't carried out to the letter. Michael was explaining that he did everything Lisby said, and he's very worried and knows he probably won't live to see the end of the day. Because once you get fired from this mysterious boss, uh, I think he knows some other people that weren't seen again and uh, Michael must leave their happy little family. And cut to the next day, Lois was saying to Clark about, or Clark mentions to Lois that he, how he found this emerald, and Lois, uh, through their discussion, figures out that he didn't pick up this emerald at the train terminal, and she's telling him, better come clean, Mr. Kent, I liked that line, and this was uh, when Clark says he borrowed a hand car that the workmen use, and he found the emerald on the tracks five miles out of town. And uh, Lois mentions that uh, sometimes she gets a funny feeling that, well, well, like you're not telling me everything. Oh, well, never mind. And then they are ushered in to see Reginald Van Doren and figure out that, uh, or tell him their suspicions about Fortune. And then Fortune, he says Fortune's in his office. Let's bring him in and talk about it. He certainly would seem to know something about it after they explain that they think there was a hit put out on them and about the emerald that it was found on the tracks outside of town. So, and the fortune is not in his office, which the mystery deepens because we now know that uh, that $5 million freight car disappeared. Now fortune disappeared. And Lois mentions that they will need a Superman to figure this out. And... Because there's the only way to get to Fortune's office, and Reginald knew he was in his office. He hasn't left his office all day because you'd have to go through Reginald Van Doren's office. And there's no windows, and a secretary comes into see Reginald Van Doren, Miss Bailey, and she faints. Clark does catch her and. That was episode 126 of the Superman radio show. So like I mentioned the last episode with the birthday of Bruce Lee, he's now two days old. I'm sure his mother is quite excited that he is now out of her womb and not kicking inside her belly anymore. On November 29th, 1940, Chuck Mangione was born. 
so a famous musician. So I'll try to close the show with a song from Chuck Mangione, Feel So Good, today. And although I'm not known for, or this show's not going to be known for breaking stories or current news, um, I did see that David Prowse passed away recently as of this recording on November 29th, 2020. So he's notable for his most famous role, I would say, would be Darth Vader. But more germane to Superman, he did train Christopher Reeve in preparation for Superman the movie. So that what I thought was worth mentioning. So rest in peace to David Prowse, Darth Vader. Thanks for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. I was wanting to make this more of an interactive show, so to that end, I did create a Twitter page, and that is Superman Radio Revisited, at Radio Superman, and there should be a link there if you want to send in a voice message and be heard on the show. Also, I believe pages under Facebook. There should also be a Superman Radio Revisited page that you can visit. And Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. Theme song was Escape from Krypton by Mark Hackenmiller. All music used in the show is copyright its respective copyright holders. Thank you. And goodbye.